0: This podcast is for general informational purposes only, and represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graaf, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe, but more importantly leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews not only help us grow listeners, but also help us grow as a show, improve our content, and make us better.
1: get to the things that happened to me while I was in Chicago that were interesting that I found while I was at the American Academy of Psychiatry and Law Conference. We will also get to the things that happened to me yesterday that I think deserve mentioning because they're cultural issues. But we begin today with a movie that I saw a couple of days ago. Have you guys heard of this movie called Old Dads?
2: Is it you about? Is it about you or? I don't know.
1: It 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 actually was about <laughs> me. Is it a
3: documentary about <laughs> you? <laughs> it, it, it
1: very well could have been. Very is well it, could have been.
3: I am sorry, <laughs> but I did not see the movie. But
1: so it was written and directed. Yeah, it was written and directed by my favorite modern comedian, Bill Burr.
3: Oh yeah, that guy's funny.
1: He's just hilarious, and he's it's so basically funny. just his comedy made into an hour and a half movie or so. Okay. And it was just, you know, old dads trying to live in a new world and trying to raise their kids in, in like the new world. Which that actually like gonna, that's actually we're yourself gonna end up in talking it. about in, in <laughs> a couple of segments. But um so there was a lot of like young people speak in there. <laughs> oh <my> and <laughs> I <laughs> it would be yeek. <laughs> young people speak. Um, and there was one term that I had never heard before, so I thought it would be the perfect youth speak segment. So let's, let's do our youth speak segment first. (laughs) Generation X explains youth speak. All right. Have you heard the term no cap?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah.
1: Really? So the, you has really been around for a while. Oh my god.
2: You're <laughs> right. really old dad. <laughs> Am I the That's only one, one that
1: hasn't
3: heard this? I've <laughs> yeah. never heard this before. Oh my god. Steph, yes. Yeah. This has been around for forever, no
2: cap. <laughs> so, Steph, as the young person, tell us what that means. I I believe I know what it means, but I'm a butcher right. No cap means no kidding, no lies. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no lies. Yeah. no, no, no BS. Yeah. no cap. That's, right.
1: That's exactly what I mean, no lies. Yeah. And I had never heard it before. And it was it was at the end of the movie where uh bill burr's friend was like i don't want to ruin this but it's this isn't really a spoiler it's just that bill burr's friend is sort of has this controlling wife, and he sort of says what he needs to say at the end of the movie to her about that and a guy walks up to him and gives him dap and he goes no cap and he's like yes (laughs) yes because he's been trying to talk to like young people like with Young so language, saying,
3: the yes,
2: you can't say that I'm now because now. no cap is out now. Yeah. It's already different. It's done. It's been over and done. What's it's it replaced why, with then? You know what? You know what? Um, you very old dad, no cap.
1: There's literally yeah. no disputing that. Exactly. Like, I exactly. Never <laughs> does, I'm not going to dispute any of what you just said. Your
3: kids didn't go through the no cap phase. My kid, my oldest kid is 11. How could he well,
1: go through He doesn't even. Yo, his, his no cap means he didn't wear his hat to his wait, baseball is game. Wait, is that's it the no same kid?
2: Is it the same kid who thinks he has, he has what is it? Um, Riz? Riz? So, no, he, can, he, no. he can have, he can have Riz, but he can't say one. no cap or the middle, oh, the middle one has Riz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe they do know what it is, but I've never heard him say it. I've never <laughs> heard he needs it.
3: To kids, but wait, they don't so, say it anymore. What's replaced it? Any- it. Oh, I mean, should we get one of the kids on or something?
1: We will get them on next time. We'll get them on next time. <laughs> I so mean we're, mine,
3: mine we're, aren't here to to, <laughs> to say it but we'll we're get him on to next time. A friend. No. <laughs>
1: you're you're supposed to be our young person ambassador. You're me? Our, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Our ambassador?
3: I'm I'm the ambassador. The ambassador. The
1: ambassador. <laughs> the young person ambassador. But no, apparently apparently you don't what know. Okay.
3: Place, no cap? I don't even know. There's so many. And so much crap comes out of my kids' mouths that I'm just like, really? And you
1: never write it down thinking it'd be a good segment?
2: I think the one, the one no. that I've replaced it is, is facts.
3: Fact, yeah.
2: Facts.
1: Facts. No. But facts is old. Like, I remember facts. Really?
2: But well, maybe it's making you a comeback. Like from but, the 90s. But there's also, you have to use your hand. Facts, you know?
1: Oh, I see. Okay, it's the hand gesture it's that makes facts, it. facts, you
2: know? when yeah. When I was a kid, hand it
1: was,
3: gesture.
1: it was for real. That's what it was when I was a kid. It was for real, but that's yeah. way old. That's, that's 30 years now. Uh, th- but this is not an old old people. Maybe More we like, should do an old people speak, yeah, too. That's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, what you did there. That's <laughs> what you did there 30 years I'm ago. I'm
3: not going to be like, part maybe of like old people 50s, speak. Maybe 40, 50 yeah. years ago.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, of course, Suzanne. You're our young person ambassador.
3: Exactly.
1: That's right. You're our ambassador, and Steph is our resident young person. There you go. Not as young, but still young.
3: Okay, no cap.
1: (laughs) I'm a forensic psychiatrist. This This is the field that I really love in psychiatry. So every year at the end, but near the end of October, there is my association's forensic conference, which is Apple. It's not Apple like the phone or the computer. It's AAPL, which by the way, is also the, the ticker symbol for oh, that. Apple stopped, but, right. But it's Apple, American Academy of Psychiatry and Law. It is my favorite conference. It is to me the most interesting thing that I do all year because there's some nexus of psychiatry and law for me that just kind of clicks in my brain. But anyway, so I went to this thing, and of course I learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't know before. But random stuff happened while I was there that just seemed kind of I don't know, annoying or interesting or maybe it was just interesting to me. So I thought maybe I would bring it up for a brief discussion. Um in the mornings they have a pa- they have a poster panel where the People that submit research, but they do it in poster form. So it's basically Mm -hmm. a PowerPoint with a huge poster. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they have them on these easels that are maybe four feet apart. And there's a bunch of them. So I was standing in the middle of one of these easels, these two easels, looking at something. and, And someone came up behind me and said, quote, can you please move? Not excuse me. Not can I get through, please. Not." Can I go this way? No, it was just. Can you please move? I didn't know them. I didn't know who they were. And I kind of turned around and I'm like, really? But then I'm like, okay. And
2: I moved. But am I wrong to think that that's a little rude? No, I mean, at least I said please. But but I, I but I see what you mean. It's probably the tone, the intonation. Yeah. The please, the please, probably did not matter the way they said it. Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe Dimitri, you missed you missed other cues that people were trying to get you to move, and then this person just finally said, "Could you please move?"
1: But my to, be fair, to, them, to be I fair, how can
2: Most people can can look over Dimitri, To be fair, like people yeah. can people can read over your head. So and she, and and for the record, I think
3: she I'm taller than
1: you. How did this him? become a referendum on my height?
2: Does that make it any less rude
1: <laughs> that she can or can't see over me?
2: which she could by the way, she could okay, she could she could okay i've I've been in a situation where I, you know there's a crowd somewhere anywhere reading really out of out of out a menu or something. If I can read, if I can see, I don't need to tell people to move around i can I have visual I don't care if somebody's in front of me, and I want right? to see see it so if that person was reading it and seeing it, I don't understand why they would need those feel the need to tell you to move I away. Mean- I banged into someone at
1: the airport and we were both like, sorry. Right. Yeah, right. right? There's other ways to
3: say it. You could say, oh, excuse me. I'm trying to look at this and I can't sleep right now. You know, something like that. But then we also have people who aren't the best communicators and don't have the social skills. And maybe that's what was going on. As forensic psychiatrists, they don't have the best communication
1: skills. Suzanne, (laughs) could you imagine these people on the stand? Um,
3: Listen, you've seen people on the stand. Okay. Actually I have. That's true. All right. So not everybody <laughs> has phenomenal communication
1: skills. So one of the other things that was going on there, and one one of the reasons I absolutely adore this conference, other than just the interest of the topics, but they drown us in coffee. Just drown us. They give us coffee in the morning, they give us coffee in the mid morning between blocks and then the afternoon with soda. So it's like A candy store of coffee, and so I'm over caffeinated. Plus, I have a bottle of water with me all the time. So I am going to the bathroom like maybe twice an hour, and I get this feeling that go
3: to the bathroom with you. Everything,
1: yes, but this is this is not the 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 one the side that you think. This is not the side that you think. So I'm going to pee like almost twice an hour, and I get this sense that when I get up from these things, that people kind of look at you. And if you get up more than twice, they wonder what the hell's wrong with you. (laughs) People think I like had diabetes or something because I was going to the bathroom twice an hour and and it was just because there was too much coffee and and, that's right and no one else was doing it so like maybe it was just me but I I don't know it was just one of those things where when you pass someone in the hallway for the third time in 45 minutes and they stare at you like why do you keep going in there because they're sitting next to. In a a seat next, and they're like Mm -hmm. giving you an eye. It just like on a plane. It may be a little self-conscious, but
3: maybe you you could you could have been sick. That's fine.
1: (laughs) I I appreciate that.
3: (laughs) Did it really matter what they thought? It's very apparently it does if you're bringing it out. It's just it's just one of those things that that came up in my head. You see, yeah, I hear um, a lot of negative thoughts today.
2: You know, there are a lot of of negative thoughts. Maybe maybe it's all you in your head and. People, you know, I always tell people, you know, what you think is going on is only in your head. People are going to their own world at the same time. Not not everything's about you, you know. But we can talk about that later. There's okay. there's going to be more of that later on in this, yeah. <laughs> like delusions um, of reference
3: much? <laughs>
1: yeah. Probably, <Well>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I was also taking Uber here and there. I, I like taking cabs. I prefer taking cabs places. So I took a cab to the United Center and I got in the cab um, another thing that sort of made me feel self-conscious speaking of that topic is I got in the cab cause I, I waited for him to pull into the hotel and, and drop off someone. I asked him if he's open. He said, yes, I got in, shut the door. And I said, United center, which is maybe 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And the guy looked at me like I had ruined his day. Like, you mean you're not going to the airport or someplace where I can make a hundred dollars on your, no, I didn't need to go to the, I can't walk there. It's like four miles. And I was like, I ruined his day. I think almost it's probably like,
2: because he was thinking about traffic, going through the game, getting stuck mm-hmm. there.
1: There was no traffic that night. It was not the night we went. It was okay. the night the the Bulls Pre- game a preseason game, yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, it was a preseason game. There was nobody on the road. It was a Thursday night, and I'm like, he's just staring at me. I'm like, yeah, United Center. He's like, oh, okay, and he turns on the meter off. It's almost like they don't want us. The cabs are like they're dying, and they don't want business. Like, who cares? Yeah. So why don't you Uber? I I, per, I prefer cabs because usually I don't have to wait for them. In big cities, they're yeah. all, er, everywhere. Like, I don't yeah, know how true. Uber took off in New York. I really have no idea. Because they're not in the cities. The they're
0: probably not in the suburbs.
1: There is no real suburb in New York City. It's yeah. not in, that city, <laughs> it's in the city. No, if you go to <laughs> Long Island and stuff. Yeah. Well, Long Island, yes, yeah, so okay, so yeah, I yeah. can understand. So, but the, New York City, the, no, especially but Ubers and Lyfts everywhere that. there too. Yeah,
2: but the yellow cab in, in the city is, is but, better.
1: But why, than why New would
3: you wait? Why would you wait for an Uber for ten minutes to get through the? I never and had, and had to wait for down an Uber, Uber for ten minutes in New York. In, in New the, York. In the city, I never had to wait that long.
1: Yeah, I gotta wait because it takes never. a while to get there for the because of the
3: traffic. I can walk
1: down into a big avenue and flag a cab down. So I prefer to take cabs, especially from airports. Like you'll never see me take an Uber from an airport because I gotta go to a special location and I gotta put in the phone. I walk out the front door of a of an arrival section and there's a line of cabs waiting there. And they're right. usually the same price. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So
1: anyway, that, that was that was one of those things. And finally, one of the observations I made when I was flying out is there are still people running at the airport. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had to run at the airport? Maybe, maybe
2: once in my life I was very late. Probably, I had, I had to run. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. I, should... I mean, if you don't want, you might use your flight, man. Like, there's gotta be the time might be so so tight that if you take a risk of walking it, you might regret it because you, you get there and the plane the, the door is shut.
3: I remember distinctly what happened. I was going back to Arizona after I had graduation here and I had to go back and finish internship. And I screwed up the time in my head because I was thinking, I don't remember if it was Florida time, Arizona time, whatever the time it was that I thought my flight left, I was off by three hours because I oh just, God. listen, listen. What? So when I finally realized and I looked, I'm like, oh, sh- this is the time I have to go no joke. From the time I got to the airport, I had maybe thirty minutes to get in through security into my gate. Yeah, made it. Ran. <laughs> I don't it happened, it how you three, can
1: make that mistake. They send yeah. you like reminders, like days and days in advance. Mine, every day. But this
3: was before they would text reminders and everything. Right. This was my, when mine was 2004? worse. Two thousand four.
2: Mine was worse. Mine was in Miami. I booked a flight like a long time ago. In my head, you know. I'm flying from Miami. I, I was in Fort Lauderdale, but in my head, I'm flying from Miami. So I, I wake up on time, you know, I'm taking my sweet time. I'm going to, you know, I have enough time. So I I drive peacefully. As soon as I get to the airport, I'm looking for, the, you know, which, where do I, where do I get dropped? In the Uber. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm flying out of Fort Lauderdale. And that's when I oh realized while I'm, the, while I'm the Uber dropping me in Miami, I said, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to change the direction back to Fort Lauderdale. The guy said, the driver said, are you serious? And I said, yes, please take the express lane. I'll give you a tip if I, if I make it on time. And, you know, I, just, like, just like Suzanne said, as soon as I got there, I sprinted. And when I got to security, I told one of the attendant, I'm going to miss my flight. and I please keep the line? I'm really missing my flight. And they let me go through. But I was running, running, running. You, you guys. Know, and, and that I actually it makes time. me feel better about going to the wrong hotel. Yeah. I put <laughs> oh, up a the okay. TikTok
1: yeah. that I went to the wrong hotel because who knew that? The city of Chicago, an enormous city, has more than one downtown Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, not you. this guy.
2: So that makes me you. feel better. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no like, I was like, God, why do I think Miami for the longest time? Okay, okay, twenty yeah, years ago, I can enough. understand that. But
1: nowadays, with clear and pre-check, I showed up two hours early. I got in through clear and pre-check in less than five minutes, and I was like. I ended up like, getting my steps in because I was walking the terminal. Like, I don't understand how you can show up late.
3: Okay, but sometimes life happens today. to be As a treating provider, you should know that sometimes life happens, right? What if somebody's dog ran out the house and they spent the time chasing the dog, right? There's all different things that can happen. What if their kids before they left? What if yeah. they locked their keys out ah. in whatever it
2: is? What if you're on flat tire? You know that's fine, life can happen. Life happens, okay uh, remember remember, just... remember Dimitri you have to you have to challenge his thoughts, you know, yes, to challenge negative thoughts is, is that... we we'll talk about <laughs> that's it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's an idea we can talk about later, yeah.
1: We're all set to talk about something else today, but two things happened yesterday that are related to cultural, I guess, issues, if you want to call them that, and I feel the need to bring them up. So the first thing that happened is we needed to go to a particular post office to get passport paperwork done, because apparently for children, you have to physically go to a location Mm -hmm. to send it. So you have to make an appointment. So we made an appointment for 1130. We got there at eleven thirty. Twelve o'clock rolls around, and this woman saunters out and calls us in. And I guess I kind of lost my on her because I'm like, "Oh, didn't mean to bother you from your busy day." And she's like, "I was on break." And I'm like, "You were on break for half an hour. Like we've been here for half an hour. What's the point of?" And it just became one of these. It became one of these Karen moments where. You're the Karen. I'm bitching at her. I don't know. That's is that a Karen. guy can be Karen? What's what's the guy version of Karen? Isn't it Ken? Yes, Ken. Oh, it's Ken? That's what That's Ken. Ken. Is it Ken? Yeah. But Ken is not bad. Ken is in love with Barbie. I'm okay with being a Ken. But it wasn't that. I just made a couple of sarcastic things, and she started getting like, "Well, if you're if you start doing that, I'm going to curse at you, and if I start cursing, there's going to be a problem." You and and she brought the supervisor over, and I told the supervisor exactly what I thought too but this this brings up a thing postal workers get two 10 minute breaks per 8 hour shift plus a 30 minute lunch and i looked this up now that's for carriers i don't know if that's for teller workers too uh-huh. but she wasn't a teller worker she was working in the back somewhere this is what she does so she didn't have a half an hour break plus you can't take your 10 minute break before your lunch break this is the, i read this this is true okay so, tell me how you were on
3: break for half an hour. Like, I don't, well, I like. Maybe she used no. to break when she meant her lunch. Okay. But from no, what? I because understood. she said, and
1: I have lunch later. Okay. She, she said that. So, it wasn't a lunch break. Maybe it was a party and break. I, I don't know. And I sort of lost my, because to me, this is a young person work ethic thing.
3: And you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. Get that. But okay. the post office is also a very rigid and it can be a stressful place to work too, from what I understand. I mean, um, have you, have you, I probably you, wouldn't mess with somebody who has the power to screw up my passport application for my kids. <laughs> Frankly, at
1: that moment, I didn't care. I needed her to that know that I thought her work ethic sucked. And, and I think this is something that is not just me. I think this is something we're running into. where And I don't even think she was that young. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, I can't tell by her appearance, but she was definitely younger than uh-huh. both of us. And I get the sense that the, this new generation just has this entitlement of, yeah, I work, but they're going to pay me. And like, I don't need to work, but like I do because I work. Like, it's just this kind of yeah. idea of, I, I deserve more things. And we talked about this with the guy that was like the CEO guy. And I uh-huh. sort of laid into that kind of mentality of the superiors taking advantage of their employees. Uh-huh. And I still believe that because employees that work hard deserve to be compensated. People like this who don't work hard, who are constantly late for things. And this is not, I'm not the first one because I read the reviews on this and they mentioned this particular person by name in those reviews. So this is not just me, just think that I'm being a Ken about it. Those people don't deserve jobs. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm being rigid about that, but. No, no.
2: I mean, you you know, you're just, you know, there's, there's places you go, customer service will be bad at certain time of the day. So I remember I was in Chicago, Chicago late night. I was trying to find food. I went to Subway. It was maybe like two in the morning. There's no good service at two in the morning. The person working there is tired. He's upset. They, They have to work all night. And I went there, the guy, young kid, had his headphones in, talking to his family or girlfriend while I'm ordering food. And he has never looked at me on my face. It's like just talking on the phone and I'm putting the order in. So there was no eye contact. I'm like, and, and I'm thinking the same thing as you. Why do you do a job that you don't want to do? Like Because they need yeah. money. But they need money, but they're not happy at that job. It's a, it's a crappy job at 2 in the morning. You're not going to get good service. So your yeah. expectation has have to be lowered.
3: Sure, and I think that we shouldn't generalize, too, over all of the younger people working either, because that that's not fair to them either. I think that you're going to have people who are just going through the motions to get right. their paycheck and doing right. as minimal as possible to get it, and then you have people that go above and beyond. Um, I used to manage a retail store for some years, and we saw it even back then. You know, it, it just, it depends to this degree- on that individual. Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: know, man. Today is today is old dad day, man.
2: Yeah, old I mean, family. I can, I, I, hear you, man. You should, you not so box We're going to call so... this episode so Soapbox." There you go. If the management
3: is letting them get away with it, there's some fault of the management. Right,
2: right, right. She did. And I was going to say that it's yeah. part of the management too. Like you said, yeah. that person has several reviews. Nobody cares who read the reviews. Nobody cares to correct that. Right. That post office is a one point
1: six. So nobody's doing a job. There's ratings
2: for post office.
1: (laughs) There is, apparently, and I read them as we were waiting. I'm like, and I saw the name that because they were like, tell when we get on there. She's like, tell this person that her nine eleven is eleven thirty is here. And I read the reviews, and that person was named.
2: Well, it's like you go into, it's like you go to a to a DMV and you expect to get good service. I've never heard somebody said, "Oh wow, I had a good time at the DMV." Let me tell you something. (laughs) I've been to DMV before
1: infinitely better service, infinitely better. These people do their jobs like you wouldn't even believe the line at a DMV that I went to was literally down the street. Those people were smiling and nice and friendly and they were like on time. They're like, who's next? They didn't. They weren't in the back on break. They were doing their job and this is a government job too. Right. Okay. And so it, it's, it's an individual thing. It's not necessary. The location, I couldn't do their job, because it would drive me nuts. But they were doing it. And they were doing it with a smile. They were cracking jokes, like, Well, maybe they have better management.
3: Sure. But that also I'm, comes from management, too. And the yeah, tone that to gets set for Maybe they
2: absolutely. have better incentive, better management. Maybe they have employee of the of the week, employee of the month program. So there's things, there's again, a lot to of different factors, right.
1: All, right? All right, we'll move on to the next, the next thing that happened yesterday. And this is All right. So there's an apology culture nowadays that to me is, I don't know how to put it. It's just, it's gotten to the point where there, every, every, whatever you say can be taken incorrectly or can offend someone. Mm -hmm. And the problem I have with this, I, you can't, it offends me. So therefore you can't say it thing, or you should be fired, or this should be done, taken away is there's no objective measure for what is and isn't offensive anymore. It's just whatever I think is offensive and it it offended me. Therefore it is offensive. Mm -hmm. And that can be used by nefarious people as a weapon. Mm -hmm. I don't like you. Therefore I'm going to take something you said and I'm going to go and I'm going to get you fired. And it can also be taken by people that have no concept of how to regulate their emotions and used as a weapon, not purposefully, but because they can't do it themselves, they need to go out and have that other person feel as bad as them in some way. And so what happened is there's a bunch of universities that do this thing called a wall of hate. So what it is, is they put up a wall, a literal wall, and they have students go to the wall and put phrases or things that they've heard that is negative about them on the wall that feels bad for them and then they take a literally a sledgehammer and they break the wall down and it's a psychological exercise of breaking down hate
3: mm-hmm. it's a literally
1: breaking down hate yeah. and it's supposed to be a catharsis of mm-hmm. i hear mm-hmm. these things but they don't mean anything to me right. right okay fantastic by the way right a a fantastic sort of thing that you would think would be, yeah. be good. Yeah. Right. So the the most recent one at a school, the things that were put on the wall were uh kill the jews and gas the jews. That's what was put on. And because that's something people hear and especially uh-huh. now they're hearing this. So somebody complained about that to the university authorities and they canceled the program. Not just this program
2: this year, but forevermore. And they issued because this of apology- that specific sentence, I mean, how many, I, mean, I can imagine there was a lot of different negative sentence said over the years. It'd be probably worse yes. than that. Right. So this is,
1: it depends on who you're talking to, whether or not it was worse than that. But this is the apology that was written. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read part of it. All right. This year's, quote, Wall of Hate, unquote, project resulted in undue and unintended stress, anxiety, and alarm among many members of our community, and understandably so. The type of display this year was a grievous mistake, given the lack of advance notice and contextual information coupled with the Middle East crisis and ongoing social strife in many communities across our nation. The student affairs event that has taken place at this university and other colleges and universities across the country for over the last 20 years without incident and provided an invaluable lesson on the, in the evils of hate. However, what did transpire this year has taught us a valuable lesson, lesson not mentioned, by the way, in this apology. Um, student Management and Student Affairs and, his enti- and their entire team have reviewed and continue to assess the event from earlier this week. And as such, we have taken corrective measures so that this will not occur in the future. This includes discontinuing the particular wall of hate display ritual. So I don't essentially get what they're saying is it worked. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Somebody heard and, something and they put it on the wall. And, and somebody it was... read it, got offended without understanding the context probably. And they canceled it because we are, why? That's this one why?
3: person felt so, offended and took it out of context and yeah. didn't understand the purpose.
1: I don't know if it's one person or a group of people or it's one person that mentioned it to a group of people who then said it. The point is it did its job. Like that's right. what you're supposed to right. put on so, there because that's I, what you hear.
2: I guess it should it is as if these words were graffitied on a wall somewhere. No, exactly. These words were, were were plastered on a project that is supposed to be there for that.
0: So exactly.
2: Whoever felt like they were they they, they were targeted or they felt bad about what they heard would be able to go and write it down and break it out. Right. Because that's, that's what right. it, it's a therapeutic medium. I would argue even beyond that, let's say it was
1: graffitied on there. Let's say it was not a student that put that on there and it was graffitied on there. The exercise is to literally break, break that it. wall. Right. So it would still serve its function. And this, this need, and again, I'm going to sound like an old dad here. But this need to ruin, fire, cancel people for the thing that makes you feel bad instead of handling your own emotions is getting worse. Because Mm -hmm. now presidents of the universities and committees are, are, are forced, they're not forced, they're choosing to issue these apologies, and I'm using air quotes, so that they can save their job. Because what if this guy didn't issue the apology? Maybe the board would be like, well, you have to do it or we'll just go get someone else. Well, you're going to not be president anymore.
2: You know what I think it is? I think, I'm assuming, I'm not sure. I think, you know, if you go back in 40, 50 years, the media was not that accessible to everybody. You know, for you to get news, you'd have to purchase a newspaper. you have to turn on TV. It wasn't on your phone. My point is, schools were not really worried about getting bad press. So nowadays, um, committees, school boards, they are in a hurry to squash stories as early as possible before it goes to Instagram and TikTok and be over a nation. Because how many times you've, you've, you've heard a, a student or a teacher said something in a little town somewhere and you're in Miami hearing about it? You know, so I'm guessing... In that, in that example you just gave, the school probably wanted to get that conflict go away as fast as possible before it goes to Instagram or something like that, without even, even dealing with the, with the issue. Because dealing with the issue would have been explaining why the wall was there, why the wall is needed, instead of reacting to somebody's complaining. The right move would have been educating people why the wall is there. Yes, but they don't want to do that because if they do that, you are dragging the story on, and you 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 taking the risk of getting you know exposed on social media or getting on the national news. Sure, there's a lot of
3: fear about bad reputations and worrying about having lawsuits and worried about the bad right. press and everything else. When I agree, it could have been handled much differently. Where they use this opportunity as a time to educate, and what, uh, wow, a university educating right. This is. Oh, my God. A, God forbid. What a concept. Right. Um, and this is coming from someone who teaches at the college level. But it, I think they could have used that opportunity to educate their student body, to educate their staff, whoever it was, whatever group of people were feeling um, offense to this project and educate them on the purpose of it and the reason why this exists. And yeah, this is supposed to make you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And this is why we don't say these things. And this is why we break this wall down. You know, that's symbolic reference of it. So I think the apology was a way to deal with bad press. That a hundred
1: percent. That's what it was. It's 100%, uh, a hundred percent, a cop out to deal with. And a lot of these apologies, by the way, are written by lawyers mm-hmm. and just read out loud as a blanket statement. Yeah. But but it, th- this particular situation it's it's almost like it, the irony here that you are canceling a project that made you feel bad which is the project that's supposed to make you feel bad so that you can not find ways around not feeling right. bad and mm-hmm. and ca- cathartically you know, releasing your emotions is, yeah. is the, the irony of this is unbelievable. It's, think, it's literally what it was
2: designed to do yeah. is this thing that you're mm-hmm. not, that you're not supposed to do. I think, I think it's part of a larger problem. And I'm, my, I might repeat myself. I think nowadays people are afraid of discussion. They are afraid of yes. having opposing, you know, arguments instead of, mm-hmm. Going through the pain of having that discussion, a debate it doesn't have to be a fight, but a, d- a debate is healthy. Instead of sitting down and saying and hearing each other, why do you think that's bad? And I'm gonna exp- I'm gonna listen to you, and after I listen to you, after I hear you, I'm going to attempt to tell you why we're doing it. So maybe we can meet in the middle. Maybe what you thought was wrong, but I'm gonna try to get you the other perspective. They don't they're not interested in having that debate. They're interested of trying to avoid the uncomfortable. A comfortableness or the the, uh, awkwardness of having that conversation, so they want to squash it away.
1: And it's both sides. I'm not picking on one side or another. You got one side trying to take books out of schools, right? You know, and the other side, uh, they they don't, they don't want to talk about anything that makes makes them in the fields. And there was just something recently. Gavin Newsom in California was gonna was trying to ban doctors from saying anything about vaccines that he didn't personally agree with and it's like or it wasn't that specific but it things that that he didn't you know that the law was going to consider incorrect or something yeah Yeah. you're banning doctors from doing that and it's like you know i may not agree with the doctor that tells you don't get the vaccine or whatever but it's your doctor you know what i mean you should Mm -hmm. listen to them and ask them these things and it's the same thing with books like you're banning books because you don't like the content? So, the
2: book, the, it, not in the content. People are so, they will do it with a blanket you know, thing without even discussing the books. I, I, I read somewhere there's a book that they, they ban in, I forget which state or which town, of, because of the word gay, G-A-Y. But meanwhile, the, that word in that context wasn't the last name of a person. Let's just say Richard Gay. It was just a last name. It wasn't even the word of, you know, sexual, sexual orientation, it was a last name. So because somebody has a name, G-A-Y, gay, they been the book, without even getting into the context, why the word was used, you know? Yeah. And, and
1: this is, goes back to the Goldwater thing we talked about last time, right? Is censorship speech you don't like is, you, is not, the answer is not
2: censorship. It's more speech. It's more speech. The, the more answer speech. for misinformation is more information. It's not canceling. That's Exactly, exactly. That, that's the exactly. cure to
1: misinformation. I, exactly. And, all right, so Suzanne wanted to bring up
3: uh, the fact that this month is... Well, the end of the month now, but it is national domestic violence where Domestic violence word. This is extremely important for everyone. Um, you know, not just, we want to talk about sports and how it relates to domestic violence. Charles Barkley just came out, was it this week or last week, talking about domestic violence in this sports. Week. And we know that uh, there have been players who have in multiple sports that have been accused of domestic violence and sometimes it gets swept under the rug and not dealt with properly by agencies as well. So even if charges are not pressed, which, A lot of the times it's not in domestic violence cases because the person being abused to the victim, they don't want to press the charges because things might get worse um, or they just want the person to leave them alone. And they think that by not pressing charges, it might calm things down more. There's so many different reasons. But when we look at the sports industry as well, we don't necessarily see any severe penalties. Or domestic violence, yeah. and I think that's what Charles Barkley was coming out to say too. Yeah, I think that there's
2: a trend, there's a trend from the the sports um, leagues to try to push it to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. They they always say what they always say. We don't know the facts. We're gonna wait for the administration to come out, and then after that, after you know, I've heard um you know people drop cases because of the the, the person that the victim decided to drop charges and if there's no charges then nothing can really happen you know exactly and then reason we message so, yeah, I, I so think... law
3: enforcement didn't do anything so no oh. this person doesn't need to have any penalties against them or anything within their agency because apparently if law enforcement doesn't do anything about domestic violence he doesn't have to do it
2: yeah and again because they probably get scared of, of being sued you know i, I could see a, a player getting a lawyer suing the league because by law, they committed no crime. So or how would you determine that they committed a crime? If the law enforcement mm-hmm. said there's no crime committed. So I think people are just a little bit- Well, they know, weren't charged with a crime. It doesn't mean the crime wasn't committed. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. There wasn't true. I think we correct. need to be careful with those words. Correct.
3: correct. It's, it's was not innocent.
1: Thought. It's not guilty. When you're found right, that right, guilty, right, that right. doesn't <laughs> mean you're innocent. You didn't mean it happened.
3: You yeah. just found that, you know, right, weren't Yeah, right. or the charges weren't pressed for the varying reasons that they don't get pressed. Right. Right. Um, should we play the Charles Barkley sound?
1: Yeah, yeah, if we are. All right, the sound provided by NBA on TNT.
2: I got one more question. I don't care. He, he says go to commercial, but I got a serious question for you. There's a couple of disturbing incidents of domestic violence in the NBA right now. What are we doing to address that? Because that is a you can't put your hands on women, man. And we should be at the forefront in sports when the men hit women. So what are we as a league gonna do about that? Well, again, you know, that's an area where we're not looking to compete against other leagues when you say forefront. So I think all the leagues are trying to address this issue. But I know, again, our our Players Association, credit to them. This wasn't adversarial. We put in place a new program for how we deal with, uh, first of all, accusations of domestic violence even before they're prosecuted. Part of it goes to training of our players. Counseling of our players to make sure they understand during high stress situations that, like obviously, never resort to violence against anyone, and so we're addressing it. We have, you know, state of the art uh, counseling professionals dealing with our players. But of course, if a guy, you know, does cross the line, the consequences are enormous.
3: The consequences are enormous if they get charged with something. One of the other things too, um, you know, they talk about domestic violence, and many people think of it incorrectly as only physical violence right correct and even people who are in domestic violence relationships they'll say well they didn't hit me they didn't punch me they didn't push me they didn't do this but we see a lot of the psychological abuse that comes Mm -hmm. with domestic Mm -hmm. violence as well because domestic violence is really about power and control and so right. you'll see things with degradation. You'll see things where the, the victim becomes isolated. The friends they used to hang out with, they don't hang out with them anymore uh-huh. because the abuser is controlling all of their interactions with others. And it might seem really flattering at first where this person just wants to spend all their time with you and that's it. Um, but then it turns into level of isolation that this person loses, um, their belief that they have people they can reach out on and lean on for help and try to get help out of their situation. So, um, you know, we like to provide resources for people as well. So we just want to go ahead and give the national domestic violence hotline as well. Um, 1-800-799-7233, or you can text start to eight, eight, seven, eight,
1: Mental health tip of the day time, of course, brought to you by... Nobody. Day full of hiccups, need a shakeup, listen up. It's the Psych
2: Effect Podcast mental health tip of the day. All right, Steph, you've got our mental health tip of the day. Yeah. Yeah, Um, actually, I, I try to do it for myself, um, obviously, but I try to tell everybody in my office when they tell me something, that I hear is self-deprecating or self-defeating. I always tell them to, you know, I, I, I challenge them, and I tell them, how do you know that's true? For example, I hear a lot of people say in my office, I'm not good at this, or I'm, I'm not good at my job, or nobody likes me, or you know, my friend don't want to invite me anymore. or I have no friends. I, I'm, you know, and I'm like, wait. Let, and I, I've, do, I've done the exercise with them. I told them, I've told them in times, let's take a piece of paper, put down the name of your friends, and they go past 10, 15. I'm like, you see, who told you you have no friends? And, I, and they tell me, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get fired. And I'm like, how long have you been working at that job again? 15 or so years. Like, so who told you to get fired again? You know, So I challenge them and I tell them, listen, we're just an exercise of challenging those thoughts. And I tell them, when you think negative things about yourself or about any situation, try to find the reason why that is not true instead of focusing on why it's true right we put too much energy in in negative thinking we should put our energy in positive thinking and discredit those negative thoughts
3: right because when we have those negative thoughts it causes us to feel bad about ourselves it causes us to not perform as well as we can uh-huh. we see it you know i see it with my students a lot i'm no good at taking tests i suck at taking tests i'm gonna fail right they have thoughts in me, you know yeah. and it translates into my clients you know I'm not a good person or they, they get what we call these automatic thoughts that come into uh-huh. their head. Uh-huh. And exactly what you said, Steph, is we have to teach them to challenge those automatic thoughts, which is, it's just a form of cognitive therapy. Um, we are going to try to find something to replace that automatic. Thought. Uh-huh. So I'm a failure. I'm, I'm no good at taking tests. Well, let's why don't, why don't we replace that with, I'm going to try my hardest on this test. Right. Right. Switch it up for them, because when we switch that focus to something more positive, you're going to see you're going to alleviate those feelings of negativity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Is your that performance. Reframing? Yeah, uh, it's a form of reframing um, and your um, performance.
2: Yeah. Limp and from- and that, that's the I think that's the that's the essence of, of cognitive behavioral therapy. Your your thoughts cause an emotion and the emotion causes behavior. So if you don't challenge that thought from the, from the inception, your behavior will not change. So if you want a different behavior, meaning different attitude, for example, the test-taking thing, you have to challenge your thought and then you reframe it or, or somewhat challenge it. Well, you in sixth grade, how did you get to sixth grade if you're not good at testing? You <laughs> reframe
3: it, you replace right. it with something, whatever it is. Right. And you know, excellent. It, it's tough.
1: Excellent. Thank you guys again for joining us. Remember, like, follow, subscribe. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, with all the the fun stuff. Facebook too. But you guys know that because you're listening. But on well,
3: Facebook, you're an uh, old
1: dad. Tell to your me. friends.
2: <laughs> oh, are you are you on MySpace, five? Oh, that's that's, you that's still just mine,
0: Dimitri.
3: That's
1: just perfect. No cap.
0: Facts. The previous podcast is for general informational purposes only, and represented the individual opinions of Dr Dimitri Bick, Dr Stefan de Graff, Dr Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.